the Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook, talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them. Welcome to the Instructor Podcast. This is a show where I aim to help you become an even more awesome driving instructor. As always, I am your splendid host, Terry Cook, and I'm delighted to be here, but even more delighted that you have chosen to listen. Now, part of the ethos behind the Instructor Podcast is that I showcase products, services, and people that I think are of massive benefit to us as driving instructors. And that is exactly what I am doing today because I am joined by the host of the Mirror Signal Podcast YouTube channel, uh, Josh Holleran. Now, Josh joins me to talk about why he created the show, the, the hole that he thinks is filling by doing it, why we as instructors should be checking out his channel, what we can gain from checking out, and what the future holds for Mirror Signal Podcast. But before we dive into that, I want to take a moment to ask you to click subscribe, whatever you are listening, whether it's Spotify, Apple, wherever that may be, go and click subscribe or follow whatever the button is so these episodes drop straight into your feed whenever release a new one. Because A, you will get the episodes as and when, but also it helps with the show's discoverability the more people that are subscribing. So go and click subscribe. And when you've done that, potentially considering checking out Spotify as your podcast platform. They've got loads of cool features over there, including things like polls and questions and show recommendations, all that kind of cool stuff. So if you're not using Spotify already, consider checking out. But for now, let's get stuck into the show. Today on the Instructor Podcast, I am joined by Josh Holleran. How are we doing, Josh? I'm good, thank you, Terry. How are you? I'm not bad. Now, I'm, this is going to sound potentially really obvious, but did I get your surname right there? Yes, you did. Right. I've got it in my head for some reason. I don't know whether I've got you down as being Irish or Scottish or something, but I've got O'Holleran in my head. And whenever <laughs> I want to say your name, I always now have to say Josh the the mirror signal podcast guy because i want to say oh hollering and I, it's not right but no, i'm glad we got that right so i'm gonna kick off with a question i like to ask everyone that comes on the show which is that the tagline for this show is i speak to leaders experts innovators and game changers so which one or ones of those do you fall into leader expert innovator and game changer the minute i don't think i fall into any of those personally but i would like to in the future i think maybe leader um game changer i don't think i'm doing much there um expert yeah i'd like to be an expert one day but i think there's always something to learn and somewhere to develop game changer innovator i think leader in the future hopefully that answers it at the minute i don't think i fit into any but i would like to one day be looked at maybe as a leader i guess i think i'm 157 episodes in and you're the first person to cock up my my lead expert innovator thing so uh well you know either way and i do like that i i see a bit of those in you uh, I look at the the leadership role you take it, and it's what you define as a leader. It doesn't mean you have to be like leading the industry. You are leading the way. You are leading the way in in this this content creation on YouTube for driving instructors. Because if you look at some of the other content that's being created, it's not sit down interviews. It, yeah. It's this is how you pass the standards check. 
you know, or, you know, learner fails on driving tests in big letters across the screen or whatever. So the, the leadership kind of stuff, the the innovator and game changer, I think game changer, I love it when people say they're a game changer. I really do. Uh, but I think that it's hard to completely be that. But there's elements in that there. Uh, maybe disruptor, disruptor might be a better word. You're disrupting what's been done. I don't know, <laughs> but I, I would, I would add a bit of leadership in there. In terms of you leading the way, there's definitely a bit, a little, little bit of innovation going on. In, you know, again, it's difficult to be completely innovative, but a little bit of that going on, a little bit of game changing. I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Um, so as I mentioned, you are the host and the creator of Mirror Signal Podcast. So my first question for you, and it says slightly tongue-in-cheek, but why did you decide to call your YouTube channel Mirror Signal Podcast? I get to be honest on this, don't I? Yes, you do. <laughs> um, I didn't know the difference. I We discussed off-air, so we can go into it. I'll, I'll go into it. I've got a little bit of an addictive personality. If I get an idea, I'm all in with that idea. And being a driving instructor, I like what I'm doing, but I didn't like a lot of what I was seeing online with people in the situation they was finding themselves in. And I don't know, I felt like there was a lot of people struggling. So I was just sat thinking, what can I do? So I like the kind of podcast format and I've watched a few on YouTube and I kind of liked them. And my thought was with the content I wanted to put out, I felt it needed to be kind of search friendly. So YouTube was my go-to. I was like, let's, let's get some content on YouTube. Now like, I've, I've been a driving instructor nearly two years, so I can't just do it myself. Who's going to watch? So I thought, initially of just talking to driving instructors, either newly qualified ADIs, PDIs, get their kind of views, how they found their training, maybe share some information for people coming in. And then I was I was looking for the name. And if I give you an idea of the timescale for this, the idea came on a Friday. By the Sunday, I'd come up with Mirror Signal Podcast. It sounded kind of catchy. I was like, I like that. And then a couple of days later, I was asking for guests and it's kind of gone way above what I expected since. But yeah, Mirror Signal podcast. I, I like the sound of it. I thought, that sounds pretty cool. And until I spoke to you, I didn't realize that it wasn't actually a podcast. And uh, yeah, so that's where the name came from. Um, I didn't know what a podcast was. I listened to loads of them and I watched them on YouTube. So I was like, let's let's do that and see what happens. So hopefully that answers your question that I thought it sounded good. Well, I'll take this opportunity to almost apologize a little bit for being a bit of a dick about it at times, but it's all <laughs> for anyone listening. Um, I, I do like to tease Josh that it's not actually a podcast, but if, if you're unaware, I always think of a podcast is you can get it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Um, that's the kind of the really easiest way to explain it. And obviously with yours, it's video format. Um, I would actually encourage you to get it as a podcast because it's easier for me to listen. That's the only reason <laughs> I want you to do it is so that then I can just add it into my playlist, which I can't do at the minute. But I also appreciate that's loads more work for you. But I, I do also want to take a moment to say, and a little secret for everyone here, when you released that title, when I saw that title, I was very jealous because it is an excellent name. 
I am a big fan of the, the 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 name of Mirror Signal podcast. I think it's ingenious. I really do. Um, <laughs> Can I let you into another secret? No, <laughs> come on. It was a combination of a couple of names from um, ChatGPT. So I was I was flying through and I asked ChatGPT a couple of questions, and I hashed a few of their answers together. I was like, Mirror Signal podcast. It's got a ring to it. We're sticking with that. <laughs> Podcast. I love podcast names. There's some great ones out there. I used to host a podcast on 90s pop culture. Uh, my partner at the time called it partner on the podcast at the time. wanted to call it Decapod, as in decades of podcasts. And I hated it, but it stuck. And apparently it's also a word for like crustaceans as well, which was quite interesting. But anyone that wants to hear me swear a lot and talk about Robbie Williams, go and check out Decapod. It's still available. <laughs> but yeah, so Mary Signal podcast. <laughs> Tell us a bit more about why you did it, because there are kind of similar things out there in the sense of the interview format. You know, it's something I do, something Mick Knowles does. What made you do it, and in particular take it towards YouTube? The search of it, my thought was YouTube is the second biggest search engine in the world. So when people are looking for things, they tend to turn to Google and then a couple down is probably going to be a YouTube video. And my thought was that in time with the right titles, with the help of maybe a few people, Terry could then when people are searching, become a driving instructor or looking for part three support, whatever it is, that the videos are going to be a little bit easier to find if they're on YouTube. And I don't know much about podcasts. I wouldn't know where to start putting something on there, but I do have um, another YouTube channel. So I knew how to load content onto YouTube. So that was why I went for YouTube in this format. Um, I work quite closely with a friend who's also a driving instructor. I had a chat with him. We both qualified on completely different routes. So I figured episode one was going to be discussing that. And I expected a bunch of other episodes to be around that, just people sharing their qualification process and how they're finding the job. And that was what I planned and where I planned it to go. But I very quickly had a couple of trainers message. I was like, I'd come on and do an episode. And I was a little bit taken back by it. And it's kind of gone very quickly in a different direction where I think each episode is its its own thing that in the long run will help with that search. If people are looking for specific things related to the industry, then they're going to find the videos is where I'd like it to go. And, and that's my intentions with it. If that answers your question. Mm -hmm. uh, what's the other YouTube channel? <laughs> um, Josh Holleran driving instructor i think i don't use it anymore right i got bored of talking to myself in the car so i figured <laughs> i'd talk to people in my living room on zoom instead i've uh, recorded a couple of shows by myself for the premium content and they're always shorter because yeah it's, it's a lot more boring when you buy yourself um so just tell me a little bit about some of the guests you've had on because You've had people like Chris Benstead and Lee Jowett, Mick Knowles, Bob Morton, Sam Harper, uh, you know, some real presences 
presences, real people of presence (laughs) within the industry. So, yeah, tell me a little bit about some of the guests you've had on, how you found them and and how how you found having them on the show. So every guest has been amazing from either me reaching out to them or them reaching out to me. On the episodes, again, they've been amazing. The names that you've mentioned, there's so much experience, knowledge, and yet a willingness to share and just give it out that information and as well. Um helped me. And yes, people are probably getting something out of what I'm putting out. Um but it's helping me produce what I want to produce with the content. But every person has been amazing. I've been a little bit taken back by it all, in all honesty. I know we've spoke previously about me approaching the guests and my difficulties reaching out to people. And everyone's been so supportive. It's, I think that's another message I'd like to get to my listeners and people that are struggling coming into the industry. Like all of these big names, they're so open and so giving. I think people are going to charge for the time and rightly so. But they want the best out of people and they want to see people achieving as much as they can. And overall, that's the message that I'm getting from them is just they want to develop the industry and to do that, you need to develop the PDIs, the ADIs, everyone within the industry. And it's been amazing. The support and what they're willing to give, it it surprised me and I've been a little bit overwhelmed with a lot of it, in all honesty. I think that summer I felt as well. So when I first started doing this, it was like, oh, wow, so this person's willing to come on and this person's willing to come on and they're they're happy to give like an hour and sometimes more than an hour of their time and they're not asking for anything in return. And and yes, of course, let's be realistic, they're getting promoted out of it. But ultimately what they're coming on for is kind of what you said, it's to get a message across because they're in the industry for a reason and it's because they want people to, to do better, whether that's learners to do better, whether it's instructors to do better, whatever it is. The primary reason is they want to to help. Now, there has to come a level, as you said, where you've earned from it. Otherwise, you're just giving everything away for free all the time. But, yeah, that was something that I noticed as well. And you mentioned there about the the idea of not being comfortable requesting people, come on. I I still struggle with that. You know, even uh, I use the example of Chris Spencer, who comes on the green room regularly. You know, he's probably on 10 episodes of the green room a year. It will sometimes take me days to message him to ask him to come on because I don't like asking people to come on the show because I feel like I'm putting them out. And I'm not, you know, because if someone asks me to come on the show, they're not, I'm putting me out. I'll honestly say whether I can or not. So I, I do get that vulnerability. How are you overcoming that? I'm not. <laughs> um, there have been a few people. I, I'm not going to name drop any in here, but there has been a few people where I've typed out a message and deleted it. And the next day typed out a message and deleted it. And it gets to the point where I've just got to remind myself the worst that's going to happen is 
they'll say no or they won't reply. And it takes a little bit of time. And then I'll just hit send. I'll type a message. It's normally a lot less thought out than the messages previously that I've uh, deleted. And then I don't give myself time to think. And I just hit send, put my phone down. I'm like, right, that's done. I'm going to hide from my phone for a little bit now and <laughs> see what happens later on. But I, I find it a challenge. Um, whether whoever that is that I'm requesting to come on, I, I do struggle with it. But is there any ways that, how do you get over it? There's an element of swallowing my pride. I'll be honest with you, because part of it with me is like, if someone says no to you, your pride's hurt. You know, my, my ego takes a kick in if someone says no. So I don't want to, my ego to take a kick in. So sometimes I do just need to swallow my pride. But one of the fun things I did, well, fun at times, and I still do it now, I sometimes play the no game, which is I will start messaging people until someone says no or doesn't reply within 24 hours. And I cannot stop asking things of people until someone has said no. And then it becomes fun because like, well, who can I ask? Because someone's got to say no because I've got too many guests on now. And I can remember that's when I sent the message to Love Day Rider on LinkedIn. And this was last year, I think, thinking, well, she's just going to say no flat outright. And she replied like within an hour. And I'm thinking, right, oh, great. And then she said, um, possibly, you know, um, can you email me on this? I'm like, oh, fuck. I thought I was a guaranteed no. <laughs> and then I emailed through and I still couldn't really take it as a no because when I emailed through, she's like, I'm probably not the right person. Speak to Graham O'Brien. And I couldn't really class it as a no. Because it wasn't a proper no. So then I had to carry on until someone else said no. And I think the person that said no was Matt Haig, the author. Uh, so I'm like, right, I need to go someone famous so they can say no. <laughs> and so sometimes making it a bit of fun and just thinking, how can I get someone to say no? And it's, as you said, it's almost surprising with the people who do say yes. And I don't just do that for the podcast. I do it for all sorts of stuff. You know, what can I get from people? And it's... It's, it's great fun, but yeah, also swallowing your pride. So try the no game. That works. So on that, I don't know whether I've heard it on a podcast. I don't know whether I've read it in a book. I've heard you mention it before, but not gone into detail about what you just have there. And there are, I can't remember what it was or, or what to get out of it, but it was just like even little things like going to a coffee shop and asking for a discount. And just putting yourself in that uncomfortable position of asking for something. I can't remember where it's from, but just with you saying that, I'm like, yeah, because it it helps build confidence as well. If if you're always putting yourself in that position, it's there's nothing bad that can come from it. You, you might get a no, but you've already had 10, 20, 30 yeses that you didn't expect. Yeah. So it's uh I'm going, to, I'm going to do that more. So if everyone listening to this, watch out for your inboxes. People say no to Josh Quick. Um, <laughs> I think you probably heard that. If it was the same place as me from the James Smith book, uh, the Co James Smith Confidence book. Ah, it was one of his podcasts. Right. I've not read his book, but I, I've listened to a few of his podcasts. That'll be where it's from. He'll have been talking about it and his confidence yeah. piece. Yeah. Um, I, I picked 
that I mean I haven't asked them for a discount, but that was something that stuck in my brain as well. But but yeah, and, and it, the thing is, life impacts us sometimes. So whether it's, for example, listening to people as this might be about putting your prices up, you know, some people are genuinely scared to do that. And the idea of they'll see someone else charging X amount that's £10 more than them and immediately just see this £10 gap. I think, well, I can't possibly hold the price up by £10. Like, put up by a pound then. And then put up by a pound again in six months' time. And a pound again in six months' time. But we look at this big thing, the idea of me asking someone to come on the show and them throwing a massive tantrum that I've asked them and saying they never want to speak to me again and they're going to publicly shame me. Well, that's not going to happen. You know, the idea of putting your price up by a pound, all of your customers aren't going to leave you. And if you do 40 hours a week and you put your prices up by a pound an hour and one customer leaves, you've not lost anything. You've actually gained two hours, you know. So it's, it's um, yeah, I think just taking those baby steps is what works. I'm not, I'm human. I still, as I said, we use Chris Benson's example before, when my brain's playing up, there are still times I struggle to do that. But I don't think there's been a single person I've stopped myself from asking. Sometimes it might take a few days and that message will left unsent, but I don't think there's been a single person. So yeah, I would I would suggest that you just start firing out to people because like you say, what's the worst that can happen? But speaking of some of the difficulties and some of the struggles you've had, what what else have you found difficult about releasing this podcast and putting yourself into the spotlight where people can just come and shoot you down? So I don't think there's loads of difficulties the the main one is asking people to come on that's as we've discussed that's a challenge and then when i'm going to release it that's why i've set the same time for every episode i know that consistency is good and the same day the same time but it holds me accountable I find the first challenge is asking someone to come on. Then for some reason, and I'd I'd like your opinion on this, I find going back to the footage to edit it a challenge because I'll replay the conversation in my head and I'm like, maybe I could have said this, maybe I could have done that better. So I'll, I'll delay a little bit editing it. And then when I go back, I'm like, okay, it, in my opinion, it didn't go as bad as I thought it did from my part and then hitting the release button and scheduling it I've found setting a schedule makes it much easier for it to go out but then once it's out and I'm sharing it I'm kind of happy with that and it's nice seeing the feedback from people as well but the biggest challenge is asking people on and then if we look at difficulties outside of just the content creation the time is something i wasn't expecting i've eased off a lot of lessons now and i mean we can talk about this maybe later on if you want my almost business management i think has got better or is getting better through talking to all of these experienced people but i'm not doing as many driving lessons as i was because the time to produce the content is more than I expected when I started. So that's another difficulty is finding the time 
and balancing work, hobby, family, content, social media. It's all, it all comes with its own challenge, but I enjoy it in a, in a kind of strange way. It keeps me going. I need the challenge. My personality just, I need challenges. I need goals. I need objectives to go and go and get. But putting it back to you before we delve into any of that, the difficulties is, is there anything that you struggle with getting, sorry, is there anything you struggle with getting the content out? All of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, all of it for me. It was the 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 creating it, the recording it, the editing it. The the I think the biggest thing actually was promoting of it because um, there's this fear around, and I can remember speaking about this several times. There's a fear of who am I to create this content um, because I'm not. I've been in the industry when I started, probably four years when I first did the episodes. Um, who am I to create this content? And it's why I did the five minute fairy podcast before this, because I can create content for learners because I, I know more than them, but I don't know more than driving instructors that are my equals and peers. So can't do this. So that was a big thing to begin with. Pretty quick. It just cottoned on. I don't give a toss. You know, <laughs> either people will like it or they won't. You know, if they come back with constructive criticism, brilliant. That's what I want. That's how I can improve. If they come back with positive comments, great. I can reinforce that. If people come back being a dick, then uh, whatever. Don't really care. They can slide along doing their own little thing. But I, I did. I found everything a challenge. But um, so you mentioned earlier about why you were doing it, and it's to create this this content for people. So I know you're doing it for others, but I'm keen to know what are the benefits you found. So you mentioned about the development of your business, your business management. So what are some of the benefits you found around there? And then if you want to finish up broaden on that business side, you can do. There are so many lessons either directly related to my teaching and improving as an instructor, how I run my business, how I manage my business. There's a lot, but I think when you mentioned about pricing and changing your pricing. For me, I've adjusted my prices recently and I feel I can justify the price increase because I've been taking some training and I'm looking to take more. So I feel like I'm delivering better lessons. I'm investing in myself. So I don't feel bad increasing the prices if i was just sat doing what i was doing and i'm like, going to whack my prices up by two pound fifty an hour i'd struggle to justify it to myself so like, well, why whereas for me now the price increase allows me to invest more in myself therefore deliver better lessons to my learners and therefore i feel that it's justified i can invest more in me they're going to get a better lesson. The business side of it is kind of how I'm running my diary, how I'm giving myself breaks so I'm again, can deliver a better lesson because I'm fresh. I'm not delivering five 90-minute lessons a day. 
because by the last lesson, am I giving that student the same quality that I was giving the first student? So I do less lessons, charge slightly more. So yes, over a year, I'm probably not making quite as much, but I'm finding the balance. And all of these things, I've maybe not got them directly from one person, but when you see how all of these people that are doing great things in the industry, it seems to be they're happy to give, but they're also looking for balance. And you can't just be the most expensive driving instructor without giving something more than what everyone else is giving. So there's loads. If you want to go into anything in particular, I'm more than happy to kind of share what I've got from the podcast around that, if that makes sense. Well, I'm keen to dig into that diary management a little more because that's something I struggled with for years. And it, it took, maybe similar to yourself, me doing the the podcast, um, not just the, the instructor, but the five-minute theory to kind of click and go, right, hold on, to do this, I can't work this number of hours. And then when I started dropping some of those hours, it was like, I don't need to work this many hours. I don't need to earn X amount. I need to earn Y amount. So this is the actual space I've got. And for me, since changing my diary and putting bigger breaks between lessons and working less hours, I'm in a much better position physically and mentally. It is the same for you. Yeah, definitely. It's I'm not getting home drained and tired and don't want to do anything. I mean, I've got two kids and a dog to get back to. Um, my eldest, when she's with us, I don't want to be coming back stressed and tired. I want to be coming back and fresh and ready to go. So I've moved to longer lessons. I've moved to two-hour lessons. And I prefer them with the learners that are doing it because I can break the lesson down. We can really focus on things. Initially, I was against it, if I'm being honest. I was like, two hours, that's too long of a driving lesson. But I'm actually finding now, I feel like my learners are getting more benefit from it because we can get to specific areas and not worry about, oh, wait a minute, it's going to take 20 minutes to get here. We're going to have half an hour doing what we want to do and then 20 minutes to get back and then we can reflect on what we've done and plan for the next lesson. Whereas the longer lessons allow us to get somewhere that we need to get to, allow us to really delve into something that we need to delve into and then reflect and maybe break it into smaller chunks as well, depending on where the learners are and what they're doing. And what that means is I need less students and I've got less travel time. So I can have a slightly longer break and my day doesn't get any longer, which then means I'm fresh for the next student and we, we can hit at the same tempo. And I'm getting home and I'm fresh and ready to go, ready to film a podcast episode, um, which is another thing as well. Like I tend to film these in the evenings, so I don't want to be drained. I don't want to have done an eight to 10 hour day and then try and film and put out content. I'm just not going to have the mental capacity to do that. So the longer lessons, slightly longer breaks, less students. So I'm not having to try and remember so many students and where they're at and what we're at. And it's made a huge difference. I'm coming back fresh and I'm 
enjoying the balance of it now and it's giving me time to do other things. Have you found similar? What, what have you changed? We will be back with more from Josh in just a moment. But I want to give a big shout out to Dave Ray, Darren, Anna, Sean, and Drew Herkham. These are the latest guys to sign up to the Instructor Podcast Premium, and they have enhanced their CPD with a wealth of variety that is available over there. If you would like to join these awesome folks and sign up, you can sign up for a £10 tier, £22 tier, or you can sign up for a free trial and see if there's anything that you like. The best way is to go to the website www.theinstructorpodcast.com. You can find everything you need to know over there and sign up, or you can use the direct link in the show notes, or alternatively, you can always reach out to me. I'm always happy to have a conversation, but I fully advise you to go and check it out because um, we get a lot of good feedback about this stuff. So, Go and check it out, www.theinstructorpodcast.com. I mean, it's slightly different for me over the last uh, year or so, um, and this is where I maybe struggle to to relate slightly uh, in um, my world change. So, like, now it's me and my flat by myself. So I can do what I want when I want, you know, and I have no responsibilities, no commitments, and I'm because of situations I've had to go full on work mode, you know, I'm working now so I can actually take a step back a little bit further down the line. So it's slightly different, but yeah, similar. It's like my day is scheduled to work for me. So very, very rarely do I have a lesson before 10 AM. That's when my lessons start because I like to have at least an hour, usually 90 minutes of what I call Terry time on a morning. It's like, this is my time. Do what I want. That's, that's, that's what I need. And and it might be working. It might be going for a walk. It might be pacing around my flat. Usually it's just clearing my head, doing something to clear my head of all the, the mental dreams I've had the night before and then crack on, you know, and that, that gets me off to the perfect day. And, and I've got certain blocks booked into my week. So it'll be like, this time is gym time. This time is Terry time. This time is cinema time. This time is, doing nothing time, making sure our computer and phone switched off time, you know, and then the lessons and the podcast off go around that. Now, at the minute, there's less of the nice time just because I'm in work mode, but I still allocate. It's still budgeted because I can't work 24-7, so I have to force myself. You know, I the one big one for me is I don't like – doing anything that requires like sitting down at a computer or anything like that at 2 p.m. Because I'm that's my nap time. Now, if I'm not doing lessons, I'm fine because I'm alert, I'm, I'm energetic, I've got window down in car, I don't even feel tired. If I'm at home, 2 o'clock is nap time. All my energy just goes. So I can't do podcasts at 2 o'clock. But that's what I mean about setting my schedule, how it works for me. And and that's the big thing. And I, I do think, you know, going off what you said, I do think anyone listening that, you know, we're coming towards the end of the year. And I'm I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of New Year's resolutions, but I would be advised anyone to take a step back and look at the diary and think, how can I make this diary more suitable for me? So why does everyone come in to be an instructor? We all say it, you know, I want to work the hours I want to work, but when we wind up doing all these random hours. You know, and going back to what you're saying about lessons, 
my motorway lessons tend to be about six hours. And they're the best lessons that I ever do. They're so much fun. Uh, they're probably the lessons I enjoy the most. So, yeah, the, the, the longer the better sometimes. You can just get more covered. And it's 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 interesting. It's interesting. But I, I want to come back to the podcast itself for a second and, and the guests, because I'm interested to know, has anyone surprised you? either with maybe some of the stuff they've said or by how they've been. I know you said people surprise you in how given they are. Has anyone surprised you when they've sort of come on the show? Not coming on the show because all the big names, I can have a look and see what they're up to. But the fact that they're coming on surprises me every time. Like when I episode two, I think it was with Mick Knowles, um that was episode two i've never filmed a podcast before never done anyone anything didn't know anyone in the industry and then this mick knowles with loads of social media following audit training travels up and down the country delivering workshops is coming on my podcast and i'm like what am i going to talk about how am i going to manage this if i'm being honest i expected to spend a year or two just talking to newly qualified ADIs, PDIs, and just sharing their story. So that, looking back on it, was I was massively worried about that. But actually, filming, everyone's just so accommodating, so giving with their knowledge. Everyone's got something to share and learn from. Every single person that's come on has surprised me. I mean, I've had PDIs on. That surprises me every time because I don't think I'd do it as a PDI. I don't think I'd put myself out there on social media. So I'm massively grateful for them coming on and sharing where they're at and what they've learned. And then the new ADIs are willing to come on and share what they're up to and, and give their opinion. You, I don't often give my opinion. I'll listen to other people's and I'll maybe bounce off theirs, but I'm quite new into the industry. And then the trainers, they come on, they share their knowledge, they're giving lots of information away for everyone to see. So it's every time I film is a surprise, every person I talk to, and then after it, when I'm chatting to people as well, I think sometimes. When I'm talking to people like you and all the big names that you've mentioned, like Chris and Bob and Mick and Lee and Lee and everyone else, they're the people that I talk to. They're the people that are coming on that I'm spending a couple of hours an evening filming an episode with. So that positivity and that motivation, I think, inspires me to do it. But then some people probably don't have that around them and it can be a bit of a challenge. So everything about the podcast has surprised me. The people, what I'm getting out of it, the content that's out there for people to watch and the information that people can get for free. It's all been a massive shock and I didn't expect it. And hopefully I can keep going. But does that answer the question? Yeah, I think so. Um, Who's been your 
Who's been the best guest so far? <laughs> I don't want to alienate anyone. There is a correct answer to this. Yeah, I know. Terry Cook, because he go. shared That'll everyone else's stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Let's imagine someone's listening to this now and they're thinking about taking a leap. Now, whether that's the leap of creating a podcast or a YouTube channel or writing a book or a new social media account or whatever, and they've got those feelings that we both spoke about a little bit, the nerves, the anxiety, the, oh, my God, how can I ask someone to help and how can I do this? What do you say to them that are sat there on this little gem of an idea now, but they're too scared to do it? What do you say to them? Do it. Today. Hit hit send. Go do it. That's, I mean, I think I mentioned it earlier on. I had the idea on a Friday, driving down to get my daughter, and I'm just sat in the car. Sometimes I listen to a podcast. Sometimes I sit in silence and bounce ideas around my head. And the idea came on that Friday. I'm going to start a podcast. No idea where to start, how to do it. By the Sunday, I had the name. I think the post that I put on on the driving instructors group, I think I written it on the Monday and deleted it. And then I think I posted it on the Tuesday. My timings might be off slightly, but it was all very quick. And by the end of the week, I had a bunch of guests lined up couple of trainers. There was Mick, Lee Sperry, Hayden Jenkins, probably a couple of others, but I can't remember the timeline on the people that came after the first few. I didn't know how to film. <laughs> I was just, I've got a laptop. I know how to upload to YouTube. So I'm just going to go and do it. So anyone that sat on the fence, if you don't do it, you'll never know. If you do it and it goes wrong, well, at least you know. But the chances of it going wrong, unless it's a terrible idea, but it's probably not if you're wanting to either help yourself or other people, you're going to get some benefit from it. Even if you want to start a podcast, just do a few episodes and you might realize it's not for you, but you will learn so much in those few episodes and the confidence it will then give you to do something else is worth it. If you don't do it, then that's the answer you're going to get. If you do it, you have no idea where it's going to take you. That would be my advice. Get on and do it. What would be yours? Similar to yours in public accountability. Um, I go back to the Meganar that I did in August of this year. Uh, that was an idea that, that Robin Bates, uh, check out Culture for Geeks, Robin Bates gave to me. Um, and I'm like, yes, I'm going to do that. And I had no guests lined up and I went and created a bit of Canva out and put it on <laughs> Facebook. I said, I'm going to get nine speakers to come and deliver 20-minute presentations over three hours. Um, they posted it. Everyone was saying like, they want to come and like it. And I thought, crap, I probably best get some speakers now. <laughs> um, and even today, I've gone online and, and posted a, on my Facebook page about some a new project for next year, which I've changed the name of. Originally, I mentioned it as being uh, Driving Instructors for Road Safety. It's now Driving Instructors 2 Vision Zero. Um, with the slight plan words, Driving Instructors 2 Vision Zero. Um, and so that's now announced. So now I have to do it because I've said I'm going to do it. So I think public accountability um, can play a big part. I think it's easy to say just do it. And that's my approach often, you know, 
But if you're not that type of person, you might have to go, you know, one step at a time. You might have to do a little bit at a time, but you've, you've got two choices. You either do it or you don't end up there. And which one are you going to regret most? Unless you do something disastrous and it turns out to be racist, homophobic, misogynistic, then you're pretty much not going to be end up well, even if it goes wrong. But coming back to, to Mary Signal podcast, goals. I want to know what goal. Have you got any goals for the podcast now? Because I know we've spoken before and you've kind of said you're a bit, you're not sure about, you know, but what goals have you got? Well, in fact, let me ask you a different way. What, where would you like to be with the podcast this time next year? This time next year, I would like to have 75 episodes out, if my maths is correct. I think it is. I'm on 23 now. Yeah. So yeah, 75 episodes out. Um, This is something where the people that I've spoke to and you've asked about kind of what I've got out of the episodes and what surprised me. A lot of people have mentioned goal setting and how effective goal setting can be. And now I'm thinking about it, trying to answer your question, what's my goal? I think I've almost overlooked it. I'm looking ahead in a year's time and trying to picture what that might be. I have no idea, but my goal is to put out an episode every week that someone can get something from. And I think that's pretty specific, measurable, achievable. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my goal. Keep going with what I'm doing, putting out the content. Does that answer the question? I'm going to ask you this a lot, but I, I try and see where I'm at and I don't, I don't think I should with where I'm at. I think my goal is continue doing what I'm doing and people getting something out of the episodes. Or maybe I've just skirted the question completely. No, no, you've answered it. It's just not very exciting. <laughs> and because here's my thing. And look, everyone's different. I'm not going to force this upon you by any stretch, but everyone's different. So you mentioned smart goals. There is a time and a place for smart goals. I, I do not say that we shouldn't use smart goals, but anyone that's followed me long enough knows that I get annoyed sometimes by smart goals because if it had been a smart goal, we'd never put someone on the mood because that's not realistic, you know? So I prefer, and this is a Dan Meredith acronym, a BHAG goal. This is a big, hairy-ass goal. <laughs> and I like to set myself these, and I don't always speak about these publicly, but I did commit to the ones with a podcast, which was I wanted 10% of people listening within five seasons. You know, I wanted Dan Meredith on. And that was a BHAG goal for me because he's like, like up here sort of thing on an audio podcast. I'm gesticulating. Um, you know, so I had these goals that I considered were really, really big. And I they're not necessary, but I think we've spoke before about motivation. To me, that's the thing that that motivates me. It's like I want to get to this big awesome thing. It doesn't have to be specifically for a podcast. It, it could be where you want to be in your life, how is your podcast going to take you to that? You know, maybe you want to become an instructor trainer. Well, guess what? 
When you start doing that in, let's say, nine months' time, and you've got, I'm not doing the maths, uh, 60 episodes <laughs> behind you, then that all of a sudden puts you on a different playing field to a lot of other people because look what you've got to, to demonstrate. People can see your journey. And one thing that uh, a lot of... <sighs> A lot of trainers miss sometimes, in my opinion, is the fact that they had to learn once. And I know that I, and I know an awful lot of people, in fact, that does, I guess, like 90% of the population, love seeing where people have found it difficult. We like seeing where people have struggled because it resonates more. When someone stands there at the front and says, I can do this awesome thing and look at how awesome I am, it doesn't resonate as much. And we feel a bit inferior. But if they can say, I used to struggle with this, this is how I got over it, and now I'm here, that resonates more. So, you know, wherever you want to be in life, you can potentially use this as a bit of a vehicle. So if if the is there, you know, is there any kind of maybe not goals then, maybe what's next? Is it stay in the podcast? Have you got ideas to broaden it to anything else have you got ideas to actually make it a podcast <laughs> you know is, is there any ideas about what's next or is it that staying on that same trajectory so with the podcast staying as is one episode a week i mean don't get me wrong i think i probably should put it on a podcast platform i'm holding out for more people to turn to youtube music for any of your listeners you'll you'll find me on there under the uh, podcast tab. Um, me, personally, I want to become a trainer. I don't know whether I've said that on any of my episodes. I probably have alluded to it. I want to become an instructor trainer. And I do have people messaging me and phoning me that are struggling with qualifying. And I'm not in a position to offer too much advice. I'm in quite a good position where I can send them to people, which is great. Have a watch of this episode, go and talk to this person. But I don't really offer advice on qualifying because I've got my own things to do. So for me personally, at the moment, I've recently done some training, um, in-car training, just watching how I teach. And I've taken some points on from there, looking to develop. I'll be doing similar again soon, hopefully. And then requesting a standards check. So when they start coming around again, and I feel that I'm in a position where I can go and do a standards check and achieve a grade A, that's what I'll be doing. And then I'm in two minds at the moment. I would like to go down the audit route but as you've said about the podcast and where does that go I, I don't know whether maybe I'd be in a better position to offer training without the audit qualification or whether I go audit but that'll be a decision that I make once I've scored an A on my next standards check so personally I do have some goals I've not set a time on that yet um, with the delay of the standards checks at the minute until is it April that they're stopped but yeah i'll be doing more training and requesting a standards check as soon as i'm in a position to score well on one 
and then pursuing training and I like the idea of starting a school and bringing people into the industry, but I'm seeing that there's people already partway through the process that I think need support. So whether I go down that route or whether I train people into the industry, I'm not sure, but I'd certainly like to go down the training route, audit or not, given I'm happy with where I'm at and I'm doing the right things as an instructor and I can score well on a standards check. Do you think that when that comes into fruition and you become your trainer, um, audit otherwise, do you think that would change how you create the podcast? Because at the minute you bring people and you pick their brains for the expertise. Do you think that it would change that a bit? Potentially but hopefully in a good way. Um, I'd still like the trainers coming on. I think it's so cool that there's so many people out there that are kind of going into different areas. Like they're trainers, but people focus on different things, different areas of the business. And I love that variety. And I like the fact that there's so many positive people. I think we need more people like that being shared on social media opposed to the other side of the fence. Um, I feel it would put me potentially in a better position for the guests that aren't trainers to have a conversation um, and potentially get more information out that will help people come in into the industry. But I'm not sure. Um, I've wanted to become a trainer prior to starting the podcast. I expected a few years later down the line. And there's so many question marks at the moment. I'm being completely honest. When I started the podcast, I didn't think it would be where it is now in the time that it is. I started it, I think, just under six months ago. So where it goes over the next six months, I have no idea. But for me, it's probably fast-tracked me wanting to become a trainer. And if nothing else, the people that are watching and are listening can message me and I, I can give them advice and I can help them and, and give them the support that, support that they need. I think you initially came into this a similar way to that I did, and I mean this with full respect, almost with an element of naivety, um, with an element of I'm new and an element of this is missing, this thing is missing, I want to fill this, this void. And one of the things that helped me a lot was that an element of naivety, was an element of almost innocence of and it's the fresh perspective. You know, I'm not battle-hardened. I've not been in here 20 years. I've not become that grumpy old man instructor yet. I was still fresh-faced, energetic, and I'm doing this podcast, and a lot has helped me keep that. And I feel like you've come in along that, that similar vein. Um, but I want to ask you specifically about the podcast. Why should people listen or watch if someone's listening to this podcast now and they've listened to us talk for 
45 minutes or so, why should they go and check out Mirror Signal podcast? So there's an episode that covers almost every element of being a driving instructor. And if you can't find one that covers something that you're looking for, check out episode 10 with Terry Cook. Because he covers all of it in there with his top 10. <laughs> that turned right. into a top near 20. Um, but there's such a variety. We've had audit trainers. So the likes of the names that you've mentioned already. So you'll, you'll find the audit trainers on there. But there's PDIs that have shared their opinions on the training. So if you're just coming into the industry, you'll be able to get firsthand from them. If you've been qualified for a little bit of time and you're looking for what's next, then there are trainers there that could help guide you on what your next steps are, whether you provide training, whether you just develop. Um, I mean, recently we've had Stuart Lockery on. I know you've had him on as well with his coaching course. I mean, if you're wanting to go down that route, there's an accredited qualification for that now. If you've got a standards check coming up, we've got episodes purely around the competencies. Um, and there's also other people that come to the industry with or bring to the industry a slightly different approach with the mindfulness, whether that's, like you've mentioned, San Harper or Sophie Thompson with the mindful side of it as well, the mindful theory trainer. So there's such a variety. If you're struggling and don't know what to do next, go and watch a couple of the trainers on there and maybe they'll give you the inspiration to take on a new challenge. But I think there's a variety and it doesn't matter what you're looking for. If it's industry related, I think, I think you'll find an episode that might help you. Does that answer the question? Yes. I'm going to stop asking that. That's the last time I'm asking. You can edit them uh, out. <laughs> no, I'm not going to make a compilation of them all. <laughs> Put them all together. <laughs> I've just noticed that's my ism. Is that the right word? Yeah. That's my thing at the minute on this one. There you go. Um, but also, I kind of mentioned previously uh, that I felt like I was filling a void when I did this podcast. You felt like you were filling a bit of a void over on, on YouTube when you created yours. Is there anything else missing in the industry, you know, that you can see now or a gaping hole, or do you think there's room for something new still? That's a good question. Because if I did, I think I'd be trying to fill it. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm surrounded by people that are forward thinking. So but I'm a member of your premium package. So I get on the Zoom sessions and the people on there are all very much wanting to develop. I spend my evenings arranging podcasts or filming podcasts with inspirational people, whether that's PDIs that have got a story to share or whether that's trainers that have been in the industry for 30 years. So, I mean, I'm seeing all the good of the industry and I'm now starting to zone out from the bad of social media that used to kind of get me frustrated a little bit. I think 
generally there's probably a need for more awareness for people coming into the industry, which was one of the reasons I started the YouTube channel. I I find it difficult when I'm talking to people and when I'm seeing the posts on social media of PDIs that have been let down, either by their trainer, by their whoever it is, whatever it is. And my view on this changes quite a lot because it's our business. If you're a PDI, you, you've got to have your own interests at heart. And if you're not getting the support you need, then you need to go and find it from someone that will give you the support. But I think there's a space in the industry. And there is groups that do really good. But bringing people in, I think there needs to be, I, mean, I would say, I think there needs to be more regulation on training driving instructors. I don't think it's right that I could pass my part three and a week later sponsor someone to be a driving instructor, in my opinion. So I think there could be tighter regulations around that and more awareness around qualifying and more accessible information for people coming in so that they can make an informed decision on becoming a driving instructor, what it's actually about and how hard it is to qualify because you get sold this. Oh, go and do your part one. You'll be all right. Read these books. Good luck. And then it's part two. It's just a driving test. You'll be fine. And then it's, here's your 40 hours. Now go and get your PDI license. We'll give you extra 20 hours. A large portion of that might be online Zoom training. And then people are struggling with a part three. I think for me, that's the gap. We need to do better for people coming into the industry. What are your thoughts on that? Well, you said that's the gap. Is that the goal? Kind of. That's what a lot of my content is, is hopefully people that are struggling, that are turning to, I don't know, YouTube or whatever it is they're watching, they can find these trainers. They can find people that can help them. I mean, yes, I'd love to grow my following, but ultimately, if there's a PDI out there that's struggling, I'd like them to know that you can approach this person. They might be doing loads of different things and all these workshops. They're still a trainer. They'll still likely offer Zoom sessions or training or whatever it is that these people need because there's not that many trainers compared to how many part threes are done each year. I looked into it. Is it nearly 10,000 part threes last year? I might be wrong. I might be way off there. Maybe you need to cut that out. We'll see. But I don't know. That's why I started the podcast is for these people that feel like they've got nowhere to go and they're tied into a contract and this is my only trainer and I don't get on with them. What's your business? reach out to someone else, get support somewhere else. And it might cost you a bit more money, but it's going to give you a career. And yeah, you might be in a contract for a couple of years, but you could have this career for the next 20, 30 years, depending on what age you're at and what stage of life you're at. If you need to go elsewhere to get support, I'd like to think that you can find some of it through my YouTube channel. 
And if not, check out episode 10. There, there's loads of good, <laughs> good content on there as well. I'm also uh, pleased that you referred to it uh, as me having a premium package. I quite like that. <laughs> um, who, dream guests, who would you like on? Doesn't have to be one, but you know, if you could go and pick a, one or a couple of people that you'd love to get on, who would it be? Industry related or anyone? Anyone. I mean, I suppose that'd have to be relevant, you know. Yeah. Anyone that you could tie into a driving instructor podcast. You could have warned me about this question, couldn't you? <laughs> I don't do that. Um, let's have a think. I mean, the people that we'd look up to in the industry, they've been on. There's a few. There's a few more people that I need to message. Some I've messaged, some are going to be messaged. But I think one of, they all are. When I look back at the guests that I've had on, if you'd have asked me this question five, six months ago, I'd have given you a list. And most of them have been on. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm, there are so many big names. I've had, most of them have been on. Most of them have been on. Um, yeah, I'm running through and I'm thinking there's maybe one or two, but I've messaged them. And I think one of the biggest surprises, again, without alienating anyone else, that's cool, was when Bob Morton, when I started talking to him, in all honesty. Um, if there's any anyone that's got years of experience in the industry and, and loads of knowledge, but the amount of information that he's got is ridiculous. And the conversations that I was having with him, I learned so much. And he was so generous with his time. It's great. And what I would like, maybe I will answer the question, but I can't give you a name. I'd like more people coming on the podcast that maybe don't have the big name, but that have the knowledge. Because there are a lot of people in the industry that just don't have a massive social media following, but have so much information and so much knowledge, it'd be cool to share it. So I'd like to find more people that have the knowledge and the experience, like the Chris's and the Bob's and Lee and Mick and all of those names and everyone else that I've had on. There's more people in the industry like that that haven't put themselves out there quite as much, that haven't built quite as well-known name. I'd like to have more people like that because there are. And the PDIs coming through and the new ADIs, they need to realize that it's not just the one trainer that they've been allocated or that they've come across to become a driving instructor. There are people up and down the country with so much knowledge, so much experience, reach out to them. You know, find someone that works for you. I think that's another reason I've done it on YouTube. It's one thing hearing a voice. It's another thing seeing a face and the way people communicate. And for me, that's a deciding factor as well on who I choose to work with or who I'd like to work with. 
the amount of books I've bought because I've watched them on a podcast on YouTube. And half the time they spoke about most of the content that's in the book on the episodes, but I'll still go away and buy it. So yeah, dream guest. There's no one name that stands out, but I'd like more people with that kind of knowledge and experience that maybe aren't as well known. And let's put some content out there so the people coming in can find you and the people that want to develop and get CPD and maybe pursue becoming a trainer. They've got someone to turn to because the audit register, you don't know who you're going to get. It's uh, They might have good reviews, but the bad reviews maybe not staying up too long anyway. So it's uh, if you can see who they are on a video or listen to them on a podcast, you might just get how they work and turn to them and, and look for them. But do you have anyone lined up? Dream guest-wise? Yeah. yeah. Um, there's two. I mentioned one before, uh, Matt Higg. Um, I'd love on to come and talk around mental health, mindset, that side of it. Um, Professor David Crundle uh, is the other one I'm hoping to get on on season seven. Uh, but aside from that, no, I mean, people keep, I mentioned Love Day Rider before. Um, and that's the one when I asked the question, who would you want to come on the podcast? Love Day Rider is always in there. And I just, I would, I would have her on because it'll do wonders in terms of downloads. <laughs> Um, but I just think it'd be a bit crap if I'm being honest, because what could she possibly say of any interest? You know, she'd either be repeating, regurgitating stuff she said before, or just towing the party line. I, I don't think there'd be anything I'd get out of it. I don't think it would interest me, but I would do it. But yes, I think Matt Haig and um, Professor David Crundle, but yeah, they will be the two. So, the question I am asking everyone uh, on this season is what CPD are you currently undertaking or have you got lined up for the future? So I done, I mentioned it earlier, I done a day's in-car training with Tom Stenson a couple of weeks ago and I took one of his students out, delivered a lesson, got some feedback, got some work on points. Um, I plan to do very similar, <laughs> given my car keeps breaking, so I'm not working and it's in the garage. I think it might be into the new year when I do look to do similar again. Um, and then onto a standards check when they start up again. So it should time quite nicely to hopefully get one through the middle of the year. Um but as for ongoing CPD, I find I get so much out of these episodes that I either listen to or that I'm filming. So the in-car training is massive for me at the minute to make sure that I'm putting into practice everything that I'm picking up. So I have that, the standards check, and then there are some workshops. Something that really interests me at the minute is mindfulness. I'd like to learn more about that and delve in a little a little more, not just the mindfulness, but breath work. I find through my sport that breath work is massively important. And I feel that that could be transferable to in the car with students combating the nerves for a driving test. I think if, 
if that can be incorporated. I've not done much on the mindfulness that like San Harper does. I'd like to. So CPD right now is my in-car training to prepare for a standards check. Future goals will be mindfulness and then seeing from there into the breath work. I've not mentioned that to anyone. It's just an idea that's been bouncing around my head. So here we go. I'm holding myself accountable now. Watch out for an 18 months time. Public accountability. Um, yeah, San Harper for your mindfulness, uh, for breath work, go to Richard Morley. Um, he yes. is absolutely nut job when it comes to like that. I've done some work with him. He's mental in a good way. Um, but the stuff that he did with me in 30 minutes, I'm still using and yeah, it's nuts. Um, Okay, do you want to finish up by telling people where they can find you if they want more Josh Holleran goodness? <laughs> um, yeah, so my Mirror Signal podcast Facebook group, Facebook page, and YouTube channel. And just a little one there on the O'Holloran. Holleran. I don't know where you've got that from, but that's when we came over from Ireland. It was O'Holloran, yeah. and then... It got changed and now it's just hollering. So, yeah, maybe once upon a time it might have worked, but I think we're a couple of generations too late. But yeah, for people finding me, Facebook, Mirror Signal Podcast and YouTube, Mirror Signal Podcast. That's um, that's my psychic side coming out. There's definitely a bit of a psychic going on here, so that's good. Uh, no, thank you for joining us today, Josh. All those links uh, for all your stuff you've mentioned will be in the show notes. So anyone listening, go click straight through to find your stuff. But uh, yeah, thank you for joining me. It's been a pleasure. Terry, thank you very much for having me. It's been great. So a big thank you to Josh for joining me on today's episode of the Instructor Podcast. Hopefully, he has said some things that are going to encourage you to go and check out his YouTube channel, Mirror Signal Podcast. You can find links for that in the show notes, as we mentioned. But I do just want to talk about that for a second, because as Josh said, you can watch his stuff over on YouTube, but you can also listen to it. Now, to listen to it through YouTube, you have to pay for your subscriptions, you can close your phone down, all that kind of stuff. But if you download the YouTube music app, then you do not need to pay for a subscription. You can listen to it the same way you would do on a normal podcast or on anything on YouTube music. So if you want to listen, check out YouTube music. If you want to watch, watch YouTube. The same applies for the Instructor Podcast. So I put all my stuff over on my YouTube channel, which is the Instructor Podcast YouTube channel. Most of it is just there for audio, so people can discover it on YouTube and, and follow me that way. But I do put some videos up there as well. So I'll put a lot of the green room stuff up over there and a lot of bonus content. I'm currently working my way through an extravaganza that I did last year, a six-hour extravaganza, putting that up over there, as well as stuff like highlights for the Meganar. So make sure you go and check out the Instructor Podcast YouTube channel as well. And while you're checking stuff out, go and check out the Instructor Podcast Premium. There is a whole host of quality content over there. So if you're looking to enhance your CPD ready for 2024 and kick on with your personal and professional development, there is nowhere better to start than the Instructor Podcast Premium. You can sign up for a free trial and see if there's anything you like, and you are welcome to leave. If you sign up and you do not enjoy it, you are welcome to leave. But that is rarely the case, and we have two tiers above that. So there is a £10 tier where you get access to all the stuff we put up on there, 
And there is a £22 tier where you get to be interactive. So you get to come in and join in some of the online coaching sessions I do. You get to watch episodes being recorded. You get to interact in episodes like episode dissection where we talk through a previous episode, including some of the special guests we had on. So we've had Bob Morton on there and Chris Brooker, as well as Shabnam Raja. And uh, the premium members have been able to come along to that and talk to those guys and put their questions to them as well, as well as expert sessions where we've had people like Chris Bensford cover things like how to teach roundabouts, Ray Seagrave talk about mindfulness, and Phil Cowley talking about questioning techniques with a whole lot more planned for 2024 as well. So again, the best way to check that out, head over to www.theinstructorpodcast.com to find out more and get links to sign up. But if you want to speak to me directly, I'm easy enough to find. Again, head to the website. You can find all the links there or use the show notes to find me and happily have a conversation. But all that's left for me to say now is let's just keep raising standards. The Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook. Talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them. Did you know that Taylor Swift was my most played artist on my Spotify Unwrapped recently? I didn't think I'd listen to that much Taylor Swift, but apparently I do. Oh well.